There are moments in life when you realise how special it is to live in London. Maybe it's when you sit opposite Hugh Grant on the tube. It's never happened to me, but apparently if you sit on the circle line for long enough, it will happen. (laughs) It's happened to three of my friends. Or maybe it's when you cycle over Albert Bridge at night and the lights make you feel so magical. Or when you bump into a friend and it feels like a literal miracle because whoever bumps into anyone in a city of millions of people. I love London. And today we're continuing our series called A Letter to London. And if I was going to give this letter a title, it would be this. London, we love you for the long haul. And we're continuing reading in 1 Corinthians 13. In the church Bibles, it's found on page 1154. So you can read along in verses 4 to 8 and 12 to 13. So this is God's word. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And then verse 12 continues. For now we only see a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And I want us to explore the statement today that love always perseveres. London life is amazing, isn't it? I love it. But after six years of living here, I've just moved into my fifth flat, And there are a few things about London culture that are starting to get on my nerves. Like, why is it socially acceptable for us to not bother speaking to our neighbours? Why are we okay with the fact that one street to the next, people have a different life expectancy because their quality of life is so different? And yet, I don't know how to solve that issue. And so I see myself just accepting norms that are unacceptable. And we get so busy, don't we? I have a crazy long to-do list and I can notice myself prioritising tasks over people. And then there's the culture wars. I love the activist spirit of Londoners. There's that deep, holy hunger for justice. But I'm often actually afraid to enter into it because cancel culture is brutal and it often feels like everything is a fight. And so I can see myself withdrawing from important conversations. And we have so many options and choices, don't we? Which is amazing. But there's this commitment phobia that shows up in our professional lives and our love lives, where we're always tempted to think that there might be a better option around the corner. And then the transience of London is really hard. I was recently talking to a friend who described how when he was at uni, He had an amazing time because he lived with his friends and really kind of existed in community. But what he thought was going to happen then for the next of his 20s and 30s and 
the rest of his life was that you just become worse and worse friends with people until you die. And that sounds a bit dramatic, doesn't it? But it slightly rings true. But maybe you're like me and you'd like to invest in new friendships and you'd like to make, you know, invest in new people. But the social energy that that requires is quite a lot. And especially in tumultuous times, we're in a cost of living crisis, a climate crisis, a mental health epidemic, and then there's the revolving door of number 10 Downing Street. And with all of that going on, it starts to feel like, well, maybe I should just look out for number one. Make sure I'm going to be okay in this next season. Everything in the culture of London sets us up to have shallow, surface-level relationships floating around in isolation until eventually we retreat to a more stable lifestyle elsewhere. No one expects us to persevere in love for London, except God, who has called us to London and to the people in it to love them for the long haul. In this letter to the Corinthians, Paul is saying, don't settle for the kind of love that's accepted. There is a kind of love you haven't known yet. It's a persevering love, a love for the long haul, a deep, deep kind of love that has grit, determination, defiance, and courage. And as we look at our passage for today, we're gonna ask two questions. Firstly, what is this long haul love? And secondly, how can we love for the long haul? So what is this long haul love? Well, in verse 12, I think we start to get an idea. It says this, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. He's saying that the way we tend to think about the love of God is in human terms. It's like looking in a mirror. But in fact, the love of God is far more than we could ever imagine. And over the past 2,000 years, theologians have tried to put words to this. And many of them have landed on talking about the dance of love between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Meaning that long before the creation of the world, God himself has always been an overflow of love. That there's so much love in the very being of God that God chose to create you and me and our city and the whole of the cosmos so that God could love us too. But I think we have a way of forgetting this reality. And throughout scripture, there's this story of God continually showing up to his people and saying, here I am, I know you've forgotten, but I still love you. Like for Job, who lost everything, and for Moses, whose people were in slavery, and for the Israelites when they were wandering in the desert, not knowing how to live well. God continually shows up to say, I still love you, I'm still here, let's get you back on track. And for the people of God who had been waiting for a saviour, God showed up in the flesh. Jesus Christ persevered in love, even to death on a cross, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. 
And then I think of how God has persevered in my life. I didn't grow up going to church. And I was 17 when I started exploring questions of whether God was real and what God might be like. And I ended up studying theology at Cambridge because I wanted to know why people around the world had faith. And whilst I was studying, I started to think that the claims of Christianity might be true. But three months before I'd gone to uni, my mum had passed away. And so I figured that if God was real, which he might have been, I thought, then I didn't think I could trust him with my future. I wasn't sure that God loved me at all, let alone that he loved me for the long haul. But when I was 22, I ended up doing Alpha here at HTB. And on the 4th of March, on an Alpha weekend, I found myself filled with the Holy Spirit, which I can only describe as knowing that God's love for me was real, that I was known, and that he was close up in my life. And when I look back over those years, I can see how God persevered for me and how he carries on persevering for me today. And I don't know what your experience of love has been with your friends or your family, with your parents or partners. But for me, this gives me hope that the love that I've experienced so far in life is actually just a tiny glimpse of the love that God has for me. So long-haul love is the overflow of God's love. And if we're to love for the long haul, then our role is to follow God's lead. So what does it look like for us to love for the long haul, to love our city and our God with perseverance? Well, love for the long haul means embracing the seasons. If you're going to persevere, it is a fact that you will journey through every season of faith. So much of the time, I think we just want our lives to be this uphill trajectory because that would be nice. But maybe you're here today and you're in a season of suffering or of doubt. Maybe you're waiting for God to show up with a miracle. Or maybe you don't even know what's changed, but you just know that the fire you used to have has somehow been stamped out. Well, I wanna tell you today about my friend, Tanya. I met Tanya in May this year when she moved from Kiev to London to escape the war in Ukraine. And over the past six months, I've loved getting to know her. Um, she's been working here um, on the Love Ukraine project. And she's helped 98 people to move safely from Ukraine to the UK, fleeing the war. And she's been working with lots of you as host families um, to take people into your homes, as well as with churches across the country to help create safe communities for people to live in. And I asked Tanya what it's been like for her and her faith this year. I kind of figured if anyone knows something about perseverance, Tanya probably does. And this is what she said. When the war in Ukraine started, everything became chaotic and unpredictable. The life of a whole nation was changed in the blink of an eye. 
no matter the circumstances, I know that I have Almighty God as my Father. And then she said, perseverance is not needed when everything's good, but it can be shown and developed only in difficult circumstances. And I think that's true, that in the times that we think God is least close, it turns out that we actually have the greatest opportunity to know just how deep his love is. And it doesn't mean that we just accept injustice, but it does mean that no matter the season, we can find God there. So what season of faith are you in? Is it a season of joy, celebration, or is it a season of suffering or doubt or apathy? You can know today that God's love is big enough for your season. And I know there are many of you in church today who have embraced the seasons of faith for many years, decades even, far longer than I have. And I can only imagine that there must have been days where you woke up and dreaded the day ahead, when it looked impossibly hard to persevere in love for your family or your friends or your colleagues or your church, where you loved and persevered and in return all you got was being ignored or criticised or misunderstood. Well, I want to say thank you to you today. Thank you for your persevering love because you show me and my generation that yes, this love is for a lifetime. And that's the kind of persevering love that I want to choose today. A love for the long haul that means choosing love for whoever is around you. In 1 Corinthians 7, there's a verse, and one translation puts it like this. Don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. I've been reading a book um, by psychologist Henry Cloud, And he describes how a person goes through life like a ship that goes through water and it leaves a wake behind it, like ripples in the water behind them. And he says, a person leaves a wake behind them in two areas, in their tasks and their relationships. What did they accomplish and how did they deal with people? And he says, we can tell a lot about a person by the nature of the wake. And love for the long haul requires us to have a good look at the wake we leave behind us. So I've been asking myself this. What's the wake that I leave behind me in my family? Do people feel loved? Or do people just think I'm being busy? What's the wake that I leave behind me in my street? Does it contribute to isolation? Or have I shown people that I love them? What's the wake that I leave at work? Have I helped others get ahead? Or have I tried to do what's best for me? And what's the wake that I leave with people I meet at church? Do I go all out for others? Does it go beyond the surface level chats? And when I ask myself those questions, it's quite confronting because the wake doesn't lie. There are no shortcuts in love. There's no point telling someone that you're persevering in love for them if that's not their experience of knowing you. 
In the 1800s, um, there was a couple called William and Catherine Booth who had heard the gospel and decided to follow Jesus. And one day they moved from Nottingham to London and as they began to tell people in London about Jesus, they saw that the people of London were struggling. People were without work, alcohol addiction was the norm, there was a lot of homelessness and people in forced labour. And William and Catherine were utterly convinced that God loved the people of London more than this. And so they committed themselves to love the people of London for the rest of their days too. William Booth said it, summed it up when he said this, while women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While the little children go hungry, I'll fight. While men go to prison in and out, in and out as they do now, I will fight. Where there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I will fight. And he went on to say, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. And he was right because their work later became known as the Salvation Army, which now operates across the world in transforming people's lives with practical love and the gospel. Did you know that you can have that confidence today? that God is transforming you and will use you to transform everything and everyone around you. You don't need to wait for a move of God. You are a move of God. That's how to love for the long haul. And I want us to imagine for a moment what our city would look like if we were full of this persevering, long haul love. Imagine a London where we no longer expected shallow, surface-level relationships and isolation. Imagine a London where we were committed to those around us for as long as we're here, in the tumultuous times and the good times, where we engaged with people's big questions and where justice would reign. Imagine a London where the all-surpassing love of God was known to all, where the name of Jesus was glorified and where people were drawn to him as the God who loved them first. And yes, there will be days when you persevere and keep loving and nothing happens in return. And that's where we need faith and hope for every person and every situation. Because now you know in part But one day you will know fully the impact of God's love and your love on our city. At the end of the day, our letter to London says this, dear London, we love you for the long haul and our love is only a glimmer of the love that your father has for you. In Jesus' name, amen.